hello everyone and welcome to another episode of let me just say this i hope you guys are well i hope you guys had an amazing amazing valentine's day if you weren't able to catch the ready to love playlist it is still available in the link in the bio of the instagram page go ahead and head over there and follow if you haven't already now this week baby I have a lot going on in my family life. I don't know about y'all, but 2023 seems to be the year of dealing with family drama and trauma. And I'm turning five, not five, excuse me. I'm turning 25 this year and I am beyond over dealing with a, a lot of the stuff that I've been dealing with. Like I think at my age now, I can't take on anything else. And so I really want to unpack and talk about dealing with issues with family, dealing with family trauma and forgiveness, because that is a big one for me. And I hope you guys can relate out there. The older I get, the more I realize that most of us have issues with our parents. Most of us have, you know, things that we thought were the right decision when we were children and then we get older, we realize actually no, it wasn't the right decision at all. You were being irresponsible or you were being whatever. And so those realizations can hurt. Those realizations can cause a lot of thoughts to really conquer your mind and change your perspective of your own family, your own parents, your own siblings. So I understand that it can weigh and be really heavy. And I just want to get into that today. So I hope Anybody who is going through that or feeling how I'm feeling, this episode gives you some kind of gained perspective because Sade, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get on into it. So this topic actually came to mind because I fell out with my mom. Full disclosure, transparency, vulnerability. I had an argument and fell out with my mom. And it was really difficult for me because I have all these thoughts and emotions that I've been carrying with me for years about how I was raised, how my mom acts or what decisions she makes, even at her big age now. Um, <laughs> and I love her to death, but it became a little bit too much for me to deal with her things in a way that seemed as if I was nurturing her when my whole life, she didn't nurture me. So I just, I don't know. I was in a real cold-hearted place with her, to be honest. And it, it wasn't for long. It was maybe like two or three weeks. But I was very much so like, well, she's grown. She's a person. She could do all her shit. You know, it's not my issue. It's not my problem. I'm moving how I want to move with my life. And in a way, that's correct. That's the right way to move. However, it's a harsh way to move. And I try to move with grace. I just had this discussion with my friends the other night about feeling like when it comes to issues with my family, I have to be the strong one. When it comes to, you know, financial support, emotional support, I have to be the one. And I'm not the oldest child either. Mind you, I'm one of seven. I'm the middle child but I've always been the most independent. I've always been the most reliable and I've always been the one to take care of myself. So I guess that's like the definition of middle child syndrome. Middle child syndrome, you're, you're in this space where you feel neglected, but in a sense, you have the tools to, to handle everything yourself. And so I had always done that. Even as a child, 
I took care of a lot of my own needs, especially emotionally, because I didn't necessarily have that support. So I didn't have someone to come and give me a hug and tell me it's okay and kiss my boo-boos and, you know, sing me lullabies. I did that for myself. And it translates directly to how I am as an adult. It makes complete sense why I am the way I am. And so it was really hard for me to stand firm in my feelings because I feel somewhat responsible for being there for my mom, for being there for my family. I actually fell out with my sister as well, my younger sister, and it was kind of like the same shit. And I was just like, you know, all of us, when all your siblings are grown or getting there at least, it comes down to a point of how people want to live their life. It's not, it's, to me, it's no longer about like, well, we're family, we're siblings, so I have to deal with you. I don't. I don't. I don't know who needs to hear this, but just because they are your blood, just because they are your family does not mean you owe them anything. You don't owe them a relationship. You don't owe them a spot in your life. If they don't bring any positivity to your life or any light to your life, you don't owe them anything. You don't. You don't owe your parents anything either. You don't owe them support. You don't owe them your life. You have to live for you at the end of the day. A lot of times we get caught up in living for our family members and living for the people that raised us because that just seems like, you know, the right thing to do. But it's not necessarily right, especially when we have a lot of toxic family members. We have a lot of toxic situations. We have a lot of trauma dumping that goes on. And I'm not saying not to be there for people. I think at the end of the day, I was having a discussion with my little brother and I told him, Basically, uh, and really along the same lines of this, is that you are not responsible for carrying the trauma and baggage of your family. You don't have to be the key that fixes everything. You do not have to be the one that carries all of that weight. And you damn sure don't have to carry it alone. Allow people to take on their own traumas. Do not internalize anybody else's trauma, please, because we have enough of our own. I'm traumatized from my childhood. I cannot carry the trauma of my siblings. I cannot carry the trauma of my parents. I cannot. I I really am only equipped to handle my own. My own. And so I think it's setting a healthy boundary to say, okay, I can be here for you when I can. When I have the capacity, I will be here for you. But I'm not going to take on your trauma. I'm not going to take on your life stressors. I'm not going to take on your issues. Because at a certain point, you are, you are in the midst of your life and I am in the midst of mine. And so for the sake of preserving myself, for the sake of preserving my mental, I have to draw a line. And mind you, that's still really hard for me. You know, I'm telling my best friends things that are going on with my mom that makes me feel like regardless of how I feel, I have to be there for her. It is so hard to be there for somebody when you're hurt, especially 
when they're the one that hurts you. But I think it's that innate thing that's like, you know, we only have one mom. I mean, at least me, I only got one mama. <laughs> I don't want to be at odds with her. You know, she getting too old for me to be fighting with her now. You know, I only have one set of these siblings, these people in my life. I don't want to be at odds with them. But sometimes setting those boundaries causes that. Sometimes that means distancing yourself. I had a friend of mine also tell me, you know, that I should consider cutting people out of my life, my family. And, and mind you, I'm the, I'm the block queen. I'll cut somebody that's not blood off super fast. But for my family, I'm a little weak in the knees. I feel responsible for them. I feel responsible for being there, you know, but I, I knew it was bad when it got to the point where I didn't even want to go home. My sister just had twins fresh out. I can smell the placenta from here. I don't want to go see them. I, I would love to see them, but I don't want to go home. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to be around the energy especially when I have so much moving in my own life that I'm still trying to figure out. And I was like, you know what, Naya, that's not healthy. You should want to go home. You should want to see your family. And I'm, I'm a very family-oriented person, but I'm realizing as I get older, the idea of the perfect nuclear family union, unit does not exist. It does not exist. No family is perfect. No family just grew up and everything is peaches and cream and everybody's happy and there's no trauma and there's no issues and there's no problems. That doesn't exist. And I think when you grow up in a household that's dysfunctional or a family that has dysfunction, you idolize and dream and hope for that. And you might even see other people's family units and be like, wow, they're so lucky. Their family's perfect. They have mom, dad, they have the house, they are stable, they have everything. How could they not be happy? But you have to realize... These are interactions with people who are all essentially trying their best. You have to give grace to people sometimes because we are all trying our best, literally. Every day we're just trying our best. So how that works out, how good that best is, is really contingent on what tools that, that person has at the time, what they know. And so this is kind of like my segue into the forgiveness piece, but I forgave my parents. I like to think. I give them grace. Even my father, which for the first time in, in years, and really for the first time me confessing to my brother that I actually hate my father. And I know that's a strong word. And I know it probably sounds crazy to you listening to this, but I... I hate him. I hate him for so many reasons that I'll probably never be able to say out loud. But it's my right to feel because those are the feelings he gave me. Now, I still can give him grace because he wasn't born to be my father. He wasn't born to be dad like he was just born to be a person and maneuver life and try his best 
So if I look at it from a perspective of a person that has also been traumatized, that has also been through a lot and was just doing what they could with the tools that they had, even if they did horrible things, it allows me some sort of sanity. It allows me to move on. It allows me to forgive. If I dwell on all the bad shit that my dad has ever done to my family, I will be sitting in a mess. I will probably be somewhere wasting away, in all honesty. Wasting away. Like, it runs that deep. But this... The thing about forgiveness is that you have to... Be understanding. Forgiveness comes with understanding. Even if you don't understand, you can understand that you don't understand. But I understand that you're a person. I understand that we make mistakes. I understand that things change. And I forgive you. But that does not mean you get a spot in my life. That does not mean you get to be a part of what I create. And that absolutely means that I'm able to move on. That means that I'm able to curate the life that I want that's full of love and happiness instead of sorrow and sadness and (laughs) all of the other synonyms of that. Forgiving my mother, honestly has taken more work than forgiving my dad. And both in their own rights have done a lot of damage. However, I think it's because my mother was present. Um, I don't really talk about my childhood that much. But the older I get and the more I look back, I'm like, damn, my mom was, she was there like physically, but she wasn't there. There were years where she just wasn't, she wasn't there. And as a child, you don't really understand why. As an adult, I can understand why she did some of the things she did, why she kept herself from us, why she wasn't present as a mother, why she made some of the decisions that she made. I can understand. But as a teenager in that in-between space where I'm still learning. I was, I had a a bad relationship with my mom at some point in high school. Like I really just didn't, I was like, you don't love me. You don't care about me. You're just here. You're just here. You're not here for me. You're just here. And I needed more. So I grew very, very resentful. So while my father, he's not in the picture. I don't have to see him every day. I don't have to deal with him. So I can be like, out of sight, out of mind. And yes, I have my triggers, yes, I have my moments, but it was easier to forgive him because he wasn't around. But my mom was there. And now I'm resentful. Now I, and I still carry that. I still carry that. Even to this day when I'm like, when I fell out with my mom. And the reasons why I fell out, a lot of that stems from resentment. A lot of that stems from I wish I wish you weren't this way. I wish you weren't repeating these patterns. I wish you were just, you would love us. And and don't get me wrong, my mom, I I know she loves us, but the thing is, 
There's a love is a verb. Love is a verb. People show you that they love you. They don't just tell you. They don't just, it's not implied. Love is a verb. And I wanted that love. I wanted that nurture. I wanted her to be there. I needed her to be there with me. Through a lot of things that I really just had to hold myself through. And so I couldn't help but become resentful. I find myself in cycles of forgiving my mother. Because when people repeat patterns, like I said, it, it kind of dredges up those feelings. So I gotta be like, okay, I forgive you again. I forgive you again. I think this time around I forgive my mother, but I'm setting boundaries because I can't go through the cycle anymore. I don't want to feel that resentment anymore as a grown woman. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. I want to be able to say I forgive you and move on and, and have my boundaries so that I know she's going through all of the things that she is going through, but she is equipped to handle it. I do not have to carry it for her. I do not have to fix it for her. I can love her. And if that means loving her from afar for a little bit, then that's just what it means for me. And I just, I hope that, especially when it comes to your parents, if you are in a space where you are struggling to forgive your parents, I want you to consider, if you've never done this, I want you to consider having a conversation with them about it. I want you, and I know a lot of parents shut down. My mom, I've never had this have had this conversation with my mom and I want to and I've considered it. <laughs> and I would like you to consider it too cuz it might help and I've had many a conversation with my mom before that was helpful but I I never really got to the root of my feelings. It was always about somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So I would like you to consider having the conversation. If your parent is not willing to have a conversation with you about, honestly, about your childhood and what you went through and your experiences with them and how that affects your relationship in your life now, then I need you to be realistic and accept that you are going to have to forgive them without it. They might not ever say that they did wrong. They might not ever say, yes, you were right, I'm sorry. They might not ever apologize. You cannot allow that to hold you back. You cannot allow that to stop your life. I'll be damned if I let the trauma and the wrongdoings of, of my family stop my life. I will be damned. So don't allow it to stop yours. You can love them and forgive them and move on living for you. Not for what they need or what they think or what they want from you. Not for what guilt you may feel or what longing for them you may feel. And I know that's the hardest part, longing for somebody. But at the end of the day, push comes to shove, you gotta 
You got to move on. You have got to move on. For you. The last thing I really want to talk about is just a little resiliency tip. Not really a tip, but just something that I carry with me to help me keep going because it can be really hard life is so fucking heavy it's heavy and I always say you do not have to carry it alone you do not have to deal with things by yourself allow people who love you and support you and bring you peace to be there for you Give yourself the opportunity to build those connections with people. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to deal with things alone. You don't have to carry everything. Like I said, if that means setting down somebody else's trauma, you do that. So you can focus on yourself. No matter how selfish it may sound, it is self-preservation. It is self-preservation. And even then, in some points, selfishness is not a bad thing. Especially when it comes to your livelihood and your happiness. You have to pick yourself. You have to choose you. My boss at work said one time, he said, life sucks. It may suck right now, but it's going to get better. And enjoy it when it's better. Enjoy it when it's good. Love it when it's good. Because it's going to suck again. <laughs> it's going to suck again. The highs and the lows. But you get up and you keep pushing. Every moment I wanted to stop. The only thing I had was me. That voice in my head that said, Naya, stand up. Put one foot in the front of the other. And just walk. One step at a time. One step at a time. If you are going through it right now, I promise it will not last forever, but you cannot stay in that space. You cannot sit in that. You have to stand up and put one foot in front of the other. You keep moving. Life is hard, but we push. Life sucks, but we keep going. We don't give up on ourselves. That's the only person that matters. Don't give up on yourself. Not on you. Not on little you. Not your inner child. Not the you that, that has all this potential to be amazing. Not future you. Don't give up on you. And whatever you're dealing with, may it be personal, professional, physically, don't give up on yourself. I know that just sounds like what everybody else says, but I promise you, you have a conversation with yourself in the mirror and you decide the person that you're looking at is worth it, worth pushing for, worth fighting for. Nobody else is obligated to fight for you. Nobody else is obligated to push for you. So you do it for yourself. You fight for yourself. You keep going for yourself because you love yourself, because you're kind to yourself, because you believe in yourself. 
You need to tell yourself these things. Speak it out loud if you need to. But tell yourself these things and be kind to yourself so you can build up that mental fortitude that you need to keep going when life is down, when life is low. So you can get it right out the mud because you're capable of that. And you've gotten to this point. You've gotten here. Can you fucking believe that shit? You got here to this point right now. And you mean to tell me you think you can't go forward? Please, you done got to this point? Baby, you can keep pushing. Mm-mm, we're too far along in this marathon for you to think that you can give up now. You keep pushing. You keep going. Because you got this far and you're strong enough to do this. And even when you don't feel strong, you will find the strength. I promise you. So, whoever needed that pep talk, baby, stand up. I got your back. Run it back if you need to hear it again. <laughs> but let me just say this. In all of the shit that we are going through in life, give yourself that grace. We are all trying our best. And we are all capable of going on. You can do this. It felt so good to get that off. It felt so good to get that off. Because I cannot lie, I've been feeling it. I've been feeling the feelings lately with that. And it's been very heavy on me. And when I say I'm so happy to have this platform to be able to express that feeling that I feel. And I don't give a fuck if only one person listens to this. If that one person feels me, that's all that matters. Because I know I'm not the only one going through these things. So, like always, thank you so, so, so much for supporting. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. Thank you for sticking by me. Thank you for keeping on. Thank you for putting one foot in front of the other. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. If you don't follow on Instagram, you know the drill, okay? The link is in the show notes. Go ahead and follow. And until next time.